When your brain starts rushing And you're just too tired from pushing Well maybe it's time for shushing And cowfolk on the cushion Hello and welcome to Cowfolk on the Cushion, a podcast about country music, consciousness, and getting better. I'm Sam Retton. Um, welcome to February. We made it through January. Um, it was a lot, especially at the beginning. Calmed down a little bit at the end. Um, Mercury is now a retrograde, um, which either means nothing to you or means something terrible to you. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I recently realized that my, uh, natal mercury is retrograde. So, um, yeah, I've been kind of like trying to figure out what I feel like that means for me. You know, astrology is not everyone's thing. I like it. Um, I don't put, you know, I don't put all my eggs into that basket, but nevertheless, uh, interesting stuff. Um, I have kind of a new setup. I got a desk on Friday. So, um, hopefully, um, everything will be good now. Um, I've got my, uh, little sound isolation thing set up. I got my pop filter up. Um, my microphone is in a consistent place. Uh, the only thing now is I need a desk chair. Uh, and, those things are fucking expensive. I don't know when the last time you looked was, but, uh, that's insane. Um, so, uh, for now I'm using a metal folding chair, um, which is a little creaky. Hopefully you won't hear it too much, but if you do, that's what that is. Also, the dogs are doing what they do every time the heater kicks on. For some reason, every sound has to happen. I don't understand. But anyways... Um, I'm going to attempt to just keep going. (laughs) Um, first off, uh, I want to do some patron shout outs. Uh, as always, thank you to Mallory for supporting me and, uh, also for actually responding to things on Instagram. (laughs) You're like the only one. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, also new subscriber, Linda. Thank you so much, Linda. You are the best like thank you for uh being in my life for so long in various capacities uh you know I've known you for a longer time than I've known some of my best closest friends um and yeah I really appreciate you and everything that you do for the community uh yeah Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so let me pull my notes back up. I had to cut and then cut a bunch of dog barking out because it went on for a while. Um, you may have seen on Instagram, I made a post about how um, I had forgotten to mention last week that I am going to start having guests again. And as I said on Instagram, uh, I was kind of trying to hold out because um, I uh, had never really used Zoom until maybe like March or April of last year. And I've really only used it for um, meditation 
which like I don't have to be in charge of anything with that. So like, to be honest, I don't really know much about how Zoom works. I'm frustrated with it. Um, and I, sometimes the lag can be pretty bad. Connections drop. It's a lot of files to put together and like, uh, basically I'm just being lazy, but, um, despite the fact that we're back in the purple tier and things are going back to quote unquote normal, um, I don't foresee like in-person interviews anytime soon really with maybe like one or two exceptions of people that, um, I'm very close to know where they are, know what they're doing and they have access to, um, big spaces that we can record in where no one is around. So um, I will be reaching out to people about that hopefully soon. I'm trying to figure out kind of a schedule for that. I'm thinking like one guest episode a month because it is a lot more editing um, and I need to just get my life together. So um, yeah, if we've been in touch with that and you're still interested, like let me know or I'll reach out to you or... Um, if you didn't reach out before, but you're interested now, um, let me know and we can try to figure something out. Like if you have something to promote or there's something you really want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm super down. Um, so for this week, um, I wanted to go back to the prompt that I put out a couple weeks ago, um, which only Mallory responded to, but thank you for doing it. Um, and that was, uh, I kind of asked the question like, what radicalized you? Like what kind of opened your eyes to a new way of looking at the world and the systems that we live in and made you start questioning things like why certain things have to be the way they are and why certain people are getting left out of conversations and they're not getting access to things, um, things like that. Um, and I was interested in hearing what other people experienced, but didn't get much of that, but that's okay. Um, so what Mallory had said was that um, becoming a public school teacher um, made a big difference in kind of like her worldview um, and learning about the school to prison pipeline and also like capitalist ideology and school culture. I feel that hard. Um, that was um, kind of learning how the educational system works was like a big part of it for me. Um, and honestly, most of this episode is just going to be an excuse for me to be nostalgic. So if you're not into hearing me talk about, um, probably romanticized versions of the past, then, uh, probably stop listening now. But for me, um, I think it started around like 12 or 13, I started getting into punk and hardcore. And at that time, it was a lot of like, kind of, you know, starter punk, like, um, um, like, uh, The Clash, Operation Ivy, Bad Religion, um, Anti-Flag, Green Day. Um, I'll throw like, Seven Seconds and Nerve Agents in there too, because they're not quite like, I don't know if I would call them as much starter punk as some of those other bands, but like um, those were some of the early bands that I got into that were kind of more um, 
politically oriented and socially conscious. And um, I started actually going to shows in 2005. And um, so that kind of opened up a whole new world for me. Um, And then in high school, which was like, you know, a few years after I started going to shows and kind of getting deeper into a lot more bands, um, many of which are a lot more political. Um, I started, um, I guess like I joined Madeira Youth Leaders with my friend Kelly and Linda, uh, actually was the facilitator at the time. And I like specifically remember there was this time that, um, she had invited, um, Ashley Fairburn, who became a friend of mine, um, from the prison moratorium project to come and talk to us about like the school to prison pipeline and prison abolition and everything. And I just like, I saw Ashley and I was like, shit, that's like, that's who I want to be. That's what I want to do. And, um, so I ended up adding Ashley on, I don't know, MySpace, Facebook, whatever platform it was at the time. And then like at some point she booked a show, uh, at Cafe Info Shop in Chinatown, which, um, she was living at at the time. She was kind of part of the original um, crew of people, which an info shop, if you're not familiar, is um, a radical space. They're all over the world. Usually they'll have a like a radical library. Um, they usually have workshops, shows. Sometimes people live at them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll have like coffee shops inside or... Um, vegan cafes or whatever it kind of really depends they're all different um but definitely like a radical hub of community like people who travel will often like hit up info shops to stay there um so I'd never been to cafe info shop um and I saw that Ashley had booked this band called the homewreckers which was this like super cool all-woman queer punk band um, and Christy Road, um, if you're familiar with any of her art or anything, she was in this band and man, I've had a crush on Christy Road for so long. She's amazing in every way. So beautiful, so talented, so fucking cool. And so unabashedly a Green Day fan. I love it. Um, and so I went to the show and I was just like, damn, this is so cool. Like I had never... Um, I don't know if I was going to CYC yet, um, which is Chinatown Youth Center, which is just around the corner from the info shop. Um, but kind of, I, that was around the time I started dipping my toe more into like the DIY scene in Fresno. Um, cause I think by this point, Madeira didn't really have much going on anymore, which was where I lived at the time. And then... Like, as I started going to shows more often, like, one big thing about um, the punk and hardcore and DIY community in general, because that also applies to, like, folk punk and um, just, like, kind of weirdo music, Um, a lot of bands, when they tour, um, you know, they'll set up a merch booth, but what they will also often have is, like, zines or books or pamphlets on things like um, 
rape culture, consent, veganism, factory farming, uh, Krishna consciousness, um, prison abolition, homelessness, um, gentrification, uh, so, so many things. Like, that was something that really drew me to the punk and hardcore community was this, like, um, this sharing of information and this willingness to talk about things that, um, that you don't necessarily hear about in like normal everyday life, depending, I guess, on your circles, but, uh, definitely was not the kind of stuff that I was necessarily exposed to. Um, and that was really exciting to me. And, um, it kind of opened a lot of doors, um, for me in terms of just finding, new ways of looking at the world. And a lot of these things were things I had already kind of felt or thought, but I didn't necessarily have um, anything to to ground my feelings in. Like I didn't have the education around it really um, until I went to college. And then like, you know, I I ended up double majoring in English and women's studies and women's studies opened up a lot of that as well um, and led me into a lot more activism. Like, within the women's studies department, there were two clubs um, that did different sorts of uh, activism. Um, Also, in college, I ended up um, working for California Faculty Association, which I talked about last week. And um, my boss at that time was uh, this super amazing woman, Taruko. Um, she also was originally from the info shop, so I already knew her. She was actually the one that encouraged me to apply for the job, uh, and then became my boss, and it was super, super cool. Um, and so I just feel like I've had this, like, really long, um, like, never-ending journey of, like, discovery and, like, trying to find my voice and, like learning all these new things to kind of add to my worldview, like new layers um, of looking at things and new understandings of systems of oppression and how they can maybe be um, broken down. Um, I've just been incredibly lucky. Like I got to see Angela Davis speak at Fresno State, um, which was super rad. I've gotten to um, lobby at the Capitol in Sacramento a couple of times, which uh, that can be frustrating in a lot of ways as well. But just to like to have had that experience is really cool, even if sometimes it's bullshit. And um, same with going to the um, the CSU Board of Trustees meetings a couple of times. Like that's an easy way to get pissed off as a CSU student is to see how the CSU is actually run. Um, it it brings me back to Mallory's point about kind of learning about just how much capitalism runs education. And it's truly wild. Like the CSU Board of Trustees um, office headquarters thing is in Long Beach, like on the marina. There's like yachts docked outside. There's yacht parking at the Board of Trustees office. Like it's really, really frustrating. Um, And like this was a time when Like, in the time that I went to Fresno State, which, granted, it was seven years, um, but my tuition doubled. Um, Faculty hadn't had a raise in almost the entire time that I was there. Um, Meanwhile, uh, the chancellor, 
like when he came in, which was during the time I was there, he had taken a pay cut from his predecessor. But then, you know, that's all well and good. Over the years, his salary uh, almost doubled. So yeah, I've just had a lot of opportunities to get pissed. Um, But what's been really great is that uh, as as I've um, come into these new understandings, like I've been really fortunate to be part of a community that has uh, also been really frustrated about these things and wanted to do something about them. And like for me, that's what like DIY has been all about. Um, I've been going to shows at Chinatown Youth Center since 2009, I believe. Um, shortly after it started, uh, obviously it's been a long time since I've been there and I really miss it, but, um, I've met so many amazing people there and through that. And then that kind of led to me and a couple of friends, um, starting a space called the Bell Tower on, um, Belmont and Weber, um, which was, um, another DIY space and, that was easily one of the coolest times of my life. Like we had shows pretty much every night for a really long time, almost two years we were there, I think. And, um, we had bands from all over the world, like the Netherlands, Japan, um, different parts of Europe, um, bands from Mexico, from all over the United States, from Canada, um, So it was just like this way of constantly meeting new people and learning about their lives and learning about what was important, where they were and the struggles that were um, going on, Um, having access to all kinds of new zines, um, which if you don't know much about zines, uh, I highly recommend looking into them. Like I used to make zines all the time when I was younger and it was so much fun and so fucking cool. And actually, in Fresno, we do have a really cool independent bookstore that carries a lot of cool zines and radical literature, and that's 1418 Fulton, which is run by my friend Jemima, and a few other people, Vicente, also awesome. Um, So yeah, if you're looking for zines, hit up Jemima, hit up 1418. They got so much good shit. Um... But yeah, Um, and then from the bell tower, it kind of led to me um, getting a lot more involved, meeting people a lot um, closer, or not not meeting them closer, getting closer to them, like people in the scene in the community. Then I ended up living at Cafe Info Shop for three years. Um, Part of that time was real bad um, because of a relationship that I was in. Um, but generally speaking, um, that was a really amazing time in my life, like a really hard time, but at the same time, like every Sunday we had food, not bombs, which was where a bunch of us would get together on Sunday morning and we had donated produce from the farmer's market on Sean Blackstone and we had donated bread and pastries from Whole Foods, and we would just come together and like listen to music, set out a bunch of folding tables, chop a bunch of like amazing local fruits and vegetables, um, make a big ass pot of soup, 
some salad, uh, cut up bread and portion out things and then go down the street to the park and feed the homeless every Sunday. Um, and sometimes also we got to distribute clothes or a couple of times me and some friends, um, got together like pantyhose, um, secondhand purses, um, pads, tampons, condoms, uh, things like that to distribute to people, um, which was really great because like those are things that sometimes it's easy to take for granted and not everyone has access. Uh, And something like, you know, giving out condoms, like that can potentially curb uh, unwanted pregnancies, STDs, like this shit's important. Um, The needle exchange was also kind of headquartered at the info shop. They didn't actually distribute there, but um, it was kind of where all the, um, a lot of the office-y type work got done. Um, I also used to um, facilitate the Radical Mental Health Collective for a while, which was really cool. Um, Me and some friends used to do like a woman's night, which was for anyone who identified as a woman or femme. Um, to come together and like kind of talk about um, what was going on in our lives and what support we needed from the community, um, how we could help each other. Uh, We had a radical library, which like towards the end, we were even like cataloging all our books. I brought in an old computer from my parents' house. Like we had such grand plans um, for that space and we did all kinds of fundraisers and like um we did like clothing drives and um you know we would collect like pads and tampons and stuff for marjorie mason center um it was just like a really amazing time and i feel very lucky to have been a part of all of that and i think that's part of what's made the pandemic so hard is that like that community has really been I mean, for one, most of that community has fallen the fuck apart (laughs) over the years for a lot of reasons, mostly um, just really bad communication about what people needed, what people expected, what people wanted, how people could feel safe with each other. There was just a lot that was not handled well on all fronts. Um, So, you know, that's already been a challenge for a few years that the community is not the community anymore. But like at the same time, you know... um, so much of my life since like 2005, but especially since 2009, has revolved around going to shows, booking shows, um, going on tour, helping touring bands find places to play or places to stay, even if it, it couldn't be someone that I knew helping out, like, um, and just being in community with people who cared about the same shit as me um, and were into the same music for the most part um and so not being able to have that kind of radical community has been really rough like I felt kind of um disoriented almost like I had already been feeling that way kind of like um after I graduated college that started it because you know my women's studies family had been also just a massive part of my life. And some of those people are still really good friends of mine and I still see some of them. But, um, you know, I lost my organizing community that I had statewide 
because that was part of working for CFA. Like it was a statewide effort. So I had friends all over the state um, who were working on the same shit as me and were really amazing rad people that I could learn from. Um, and yeah, um, losing that was really hard. Losing women's studies was really hard. Losing, um, you know, those conversations with faculty was really hard. Losing access to the databases. Oh my God. Heartbreaking. Um, and then having to enter a more quote unquote normal job. It's like, oh, I mean, I can't tell people about the time that a, a school bus full of oogles stayed at my house because they don't know what an oogle is. <laughs> like, you know, like I can't talk about um, hanging out on the roof of the info shop and watching the fireworks from Chuck Chansey Stadium while my roommate at the time, Dallas, with his little um, smiley face shaved onto his uh, stomach and chest, was just hanging out naked because that's what he did. Like, that lifestyle uh, was very different than what most people are used to. And so adjusting to being like a more quote-unquote normal person has been really weird. Um, But at the same time, um, it's really nice to see so many of the things that the communities that I've been a part of have been talking about for so many years coming into the mainstream. Like, I mean, I've been aware of Antifa for, you know, over a decade. Um, And I've known Brown Berets and I've known um, ALF members, you know, like I've known people who've been doing this like amazing on the ground work for years. And um, the fact that these conversations are now mainstream is really, really wild. Like, I mean, I've, I've known about Proud Boys for a long time, too. And now that's like, that's something that my dad knows about. It's so weird. Like, my worlds have merged um, just in a strange way. Um, and I kind of feel very, I feel very lucky to have had kind of a leg up on a lot of these things. Because now I can, I think, try to help explain things to people who maybe are not as familiar, you know, Um, because I've been privy to these conversations and these issues for so long that, um, you know, I've had more time to wrap my head around them and to read more about them, to talk more about them. So now ideally, I can kind of try to help explain things to people who are having trouble, um, because, you know, I've read the zines, I've, um, I've heard the bands lecture for five or ten minutes mid-set or before their set or like, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I miss it all and I'm so thankful that I've been a part of it and like, um, I'm thankful that mutual aid has been a part of my life for so long, um, like since high school uh, and that's been a real challenge for me is not feeling like I can engage in it as much right now. Um, you know, I donate to people and organizations, GoFundMes, whatever it may be, like whenever I can. Um, but I want to do more, you know, I'm used to doing more. Uh, and it's, it's really hard to feel limited in that way and to not be able to hang out with my friends all the time or, be meeting people from around the world or like, you know, I don't know. 
it's a challenge, but again, I'm super fucking grateful for all of it. And if you still want to share your story about kind of how you came to understand the world in maybe a kind of more nuanced way, um, let me know. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing how people got to where they are because, um, I know it looks different for all of us. Like, like I said, like the lifestyle that I've lived is not something that a lot of people are interested in and that's fine. Um, but, uh, I think that it's all valid, you know, even if you started out, um, saying and doing things that you look back now and you're like, man, that was fucked up. Like that journey is still valid. Um, cause like, like we've all made mistakes and a lot of us didn't know better. And then once you know better, you do better. So yeah. Um, next I want to talk about a little mini retreat I did for myself on Thursday. Um, I have just been feeling real pissy. Um, I'm about to start my period, so that's part of it. Also, it was raining for days in a row, and I already don't go outside very much anymore, which really sucks because I used to do it every single day, uh, rain or shine. Um, and I'm just, you know, it's been really bad for my mental health, and I know that, and I haven't seen friends really in a while, even distantly outside because it's been fucking raining. Um, and that's been really, really hard because, again, for <laughs> over a decade, my whole life has been this community. Um, and it's really challenging to be cut off from that kind of. But, um, yeah, I just decided, like, there was way too much pent-up anger and aggression and I needed to just chill for a day. So, um on Thursday, I just, um, I decided on Wednesday night, I'm going to do this because I'm not being the person I want to be right now. So I found a couple of Dharma talks, um, one of which will be on Patreon for free. Um, it's just like, it's on YouTube, but I'm going to put the link up so that you can watch it if you want. It's two hours long, but it's really, really good. Um, so that was what I started my day with. Um, then I had lunch, then I watched another one and I meditated for a bit. I meditated like three different times throughout the day. Um, and it was really nice. I think it was really helpful and I need to be doing it more honestly, because, um, I've been in this space of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm just never doing enough. And it's been almost a year of not doing enough. But then I really think about it, and I've been doing a lot. Um, it's just not necessarily, like, productive in a capitalist sense, um, which is fine. I'm on unemployment, you know, like, I, there's no real pressure um, to be productive in that sense. Uh, although it feels very much like my life is on hold, and I don't like that feeling. But at the same time, it's really not. Like, I'm, I'm working on plenty. Um, so, yeah, I think... You know, I've never done a real meditation retreat, quote unquote real. Um, that was one of my plans for 2020 over the summer. I had it in my planner, even uh, the date for registration for the Vipassana retreat in North Fork. Um, and then, of course, that didn't happen. And those are open again now for limited enrollment. And um, 
they're, they're just really hard to get into. They already were, and now it's even harder because they're taking fewer people and so many people want to go. So I don't know when I'll actually get to do a real retreat, but like, um, I think that mini retreats can be really cool. And like, there actually are a lot offered online, some of which are free. Um, a couple of Dharma centers do like free live streams every week. Um, I know Insight LA has all kinds of online stuff. They actually just moved only online, I think. They sold their center. Um, Insight Meditation Center. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. So if that's something you're interested in doing, I highly recommend it. And like the thing about doing your own mini retreat is it can look like whatever um, you need it to look like. Like if you have work that you need to get done throughout the day, like you can kind of schedule around that. Or if you have um, caretaking responsibilities, like you can find a way to make that part of your practice, um, which is really great because if you go off to a retreat center, that's, I mean, that's why some people don't ever go because you have to take like three days, five days, 10 days out of your life and find ways to handle all those other things. Um, but creating your own retreat gives you a lot of freedom. So like, if you just want it to be one hour, cool. You have one hour. If you want it to be five hours, sweet, set aside five hours. That's about what I did. I did like 11 to five. Um, so six hours. Um, yeah. And then you can kind of, um, tailor it to what you're looking for. Like the beauty of the internet is that, um, there are so many Dharma talks out there by so many different types of, um, teachers and on so many different subjects. Like, um, Thich Nhat Hanh is probably one of the most popular, um, Buddhist teachers that I, I can even think of. And there is so much Thich Nhat Hanh content out there for free on YouTube. Um, so if, if his work really resonates with you, like you could build a whole day just on Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, or if you're looking for more um, like trauma healing centric stuff, like Tara Brock has so much free content online. Um, so you could build a whole day on Tara Brock. Uh, and her like rain compassion method. Um, there's so much out there. So I would suggest like if that's something that you're interested in doing, uh, and it's something I'm going to try to do more often because I think it was really beneficial for me. I would say like, choose the amount of time you want to commit. So you kind of know what you're looking at. Um, and then decide like how long you want to sit and how you want to break that up. Like, do you want to sit for a full hour? And if so, does it make sense for you to sit for an hour at a time? Or does it make more sense to do half an hour at one point and half an hour later, or even 15 minute chunks, if that's more doable to you? Um, if it's a nice day out, like what about walking meditation? Is that something that you could maybe do? Is that something you're interested in? You can plan that into your day so you get your exercise. Um, you can... Um, pick out guided meditations. There's no rules against that. Do it if it's what works. Or again, going back to Thich Nhat Hanh, like a lot of his work is about making everything a meditation. So you need to wash the dishes. Awesome. Do it mindfully. Just pay very close attention and do focus on nothing but the dishes. Um, 
that's, you know, it's all practice. So, um, there's lots of ways to do it. And, um, if you need help on it or you want some resources, like hit me up anytime. Like I'm happy to help find things that you might benefit from, whether it be like articles or, um, guided meditations, Dharma talks, um, I've got all kinds of resources. I subscribe to Lion's Roar, even though I almost never read it because you know how it goes. Um, so I've got access to that. Um, I listen to so many Dharma talks by so many different types of people. Um, I would gladly try to help you find something that you're looking for. Um, and also something that um, I think I already put the link on Patreon. Um, I'll check later, but I'm pretty sure I already did. And I mentioned it on Twitter too. Um, if you go to the insight timer website, or if you download the app, which is free, um, there is a free 40 day course on there, um, with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, um, both of whom I really like. I listen to Tara Brock a lot and I'm, um, working through one of her books slowly, but surely. Um, but it is called um, this course on, uh, insight timer is called mindfulness daily. And so it's a 40 day course for free. A lot of the courses on insight timer are not free, but a lot, like most of the meditations are. Um, and so every day for 40 days, there's like a, um, 10 to 15 minutes, uh, kind of lesson on like a different facet of mindfulness practice. So uh, every day there's like maybe about five minutes of explanation about a certain um, practice or technique and then about five minutes of practice or maybe 10. It depends, I think, on the on where you're at in the course. Um, and I've been doing it and it's been really nice. Um, like I've been meditating consistently for uh, a little over a year. So I definitely already have like a pretty solid foundation, I think, um, in terms of just like a, a nice toolkit of techniques, but it's still been really nice to revisit them because there are things that I kind of forget about, you know? Um, and I think too, that it's, um, the way that this course is structured is really helpful for people who maybe have trouble with, um, just following the breath, um, because sometimes um, with trauma that can be really hard and it can be really triggering. There are a lot of things that can be depending on who you are and what your history is. And so this course can give you a lot of new tools for if that doesn't work. Like one that they talk about a lot is um, using sound as an anchor. And that in my toughest times has really, really been helpful. Um, just focusing in on what I'm hearing around me and grounding myself in the space. So um, I recommend it, you know, um, if you're not interested in doing like a full retreat for yourself, but you want to incorporate mindfulness into your life, uh, I would say that's a really cool way to start. It's free. It doesn't take much time. It's pretty easy, at least in my opinion. It's just one technique at a time. So um, I recommend it. Um I guess that's really about all I have for this week. Um, a few reminders. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Instagram, Cal Folk on the Cushion. Um, 
maybe I'll do another prompt sometime, maybe not. It's not going well, so I may just stop. <laughs> uh, but if you want to be a guest at some point, it may be a while from now, just keep that in mind. Um, let me know and let me know what you want to talk about because um, I kind of want to talk to people about what they want to talk about, you know, like, I don't want to just like interview you. I want to know like what's on your mind or your heart or whatever. Um, and what you're passionate about or what you're working on. Um, so yeah, let me know. Um, also just another Patreon plug here. Um, if you want to subscribe, there are several levels. There's like $1, $5, $10 and $25 a month. Um, you can check out the perks on there from $5 and up. There's, um, bonus content, like at the $5 level, there's my monthly playlists at the $10 level. There's the, um, bonus podcasts. And speaking of that, the next one will be up, um, probably mid month. That's about when I get them out. And that one is going to be on, I will always love you by Dolly Parton. Um, and it'll also kind of talk about her early career and like her relationship with Porter Wagner and, um, how she navigated that sort of. So, um, if you're interested in that, everyone loves Dolly. Um, you'll have to subscribe and then you can unsubscribe if you want. You do you, uh, follow your heart. Um, also the February playlist, uh, is up today. So, um, check that out if you are a subscriber and, um, you know, on that note, kind of, uh, well, in general, let me know, like, what you want to see or hear, you know, like, um, would you be interested in more classic country, some, like, deep cuts from a lot of the, like, um, you know, all the favorite artists, or, like, are you more interested in, like, some newer country, but, like, more of the kind of underground um, outlaw type of stuff, like, what are you into? You know, uh, I want to know. So, uh, and I know I didn't talk about music this week except for punk, which is not what this podcast is about, but it is what it is. And I've been feeling it lately. So I've been listening to a lot of like Gorilla Biscuits and Seven Seconds and Youth of Today and just really remembering why I got into it in the first place and trying to finally live out that PMA positive mental attitude been a challenge but I think I'm getting there and that's it for this week again I apologize for audio issues hopefully someday that'll be better but um dogs do what dogs do and cats like to run on our fences and stuff um thank you again to Mallory and Linda for subscribing uh thank you all to all of you uh that's redundant for listening um thank you for sharing and for nice words and etc 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 um in the meantime be safe be well um take care of yourself wear a mask be mindful and i will talk at you next week mm-hmm.